Hey guys, this is like a weird special episode where it's just me and Addison. So welcome back to Our Hearts Surrendered. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Normally Sophie would be on with me, uh, but we're just doing testimonies. So you'll eventually hear Sophie's or maybe you already heard it. I'm not sure. We'll see. Anyways, um, I'm just going to jump right in and I hope y'all are doing well. I just want to like disclaim this by being really candid. This, I wrote this out a while ago. It's been a minute. I mean, my testimony hasn't changed, but I might have to like just kind of wing it. So just bear with me here. I'm going to start at the very, very beginning. December 3rd, 2003, I was born into an amazing family. I have one older brother and one younger. I have two loving, caring parents. We always went to church growing up, and I even went to preschool at my church, which shows just my dedication to that. Um, I grew up knowing the gospel and believing it. In second grade, I accepted Christ into my heart as my Lord and Savior. So to put that in perspective, I was eight, um, and I'm 16 now, so it's been eight years eight incredible years, uh, best decision I've ever made. Only I had no idea the struggles that were heading my way. Elementary school was a breeze for me. It was super easy. But then we moved to a different school district when I was going into sixth grade. I had joined a club volleyball team and I loved it. Volleyball had quickly consumed my life and part of volleyball was tournaments and teams practicing. Obviously, that's usually how that works. So team practices usually were on Wednesdays. So I never got to go to home groups, um, which is always Wednesday nights for our church. So I wasn't very active in our youth program. And then tournaments were almost every Sunday. So I placed my entire identity into volleyball. And it was really hard for me to make friends at my new school. So most of them came from volleyball. And school just continuously kept getting harder and harder, and I was more distracted than ever by drama and pleasing others, and I had lost almost all connections to the church because I was so busy. Middle school came along, and I was literally a mess. I constantly was trying to balance my schoolwork, having friends, family, volleyball, and band. I was always tired, but I had started pursuing God again, which is great, obviously, I was still playing club volleyball, and I still found my identity and most of my friends there. Um, By the end of that season of volleyball, I was injured, and I was devastated at the same time. And the doctor was like, you should probably just quit. (laughs) And I was like, cool, got it. Um, So obviously, I was like going into eighth grade. I don't have any friends outside of volleyball. I was like, what am I going to do? I literally, like, I didn't have time for friends, like, during school, like, from the school I go to. So, I was like, just that's where all my friends were. Um, And it was a really, really terrible year for me. Looking back, I can pinpoint the reason why so easily, and it's that I wasn't pursuing God. I I went to home groups every now and then, but I wasn't fully there. I went to church every Sunday, but I didn't go to youth because I was scared of the other girls, like genuinely scared that they weren't going to like me. I didn't even like me at this point. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I didn't have any friends in my group and I didn't even want any. I threw all of myself into volleyball. And when that failed, I threw all of myself into band and I got really good really fast. But as I learned, someone will always be better. Like being the first chair in my school didn't guarantee that I was going to make all region or which is like a band thing. Um, I was constantly trying to win. I wanted to do, I wanted to be the best at something and that like whatever it was, I was going to do it. 
I felt like everything was being taken away from me and I allowed myself to become the victim and threw this huge pity party for myself that lasted an entire year. I was miserable and I was just like making myself miserable. It was really a choice at that point. Everybody around me like was miserable too because of this. I was like, I was a jealous, selfish, insecure, and isolated 13 year old girl, 14. I don't know how old I was. I didn't let people touch me. I still am like this, like to this day, I just don't like touch that much. Um, but it was a lot worse then. Like I didn't even let my parents sit on my bed if I was on it. Um, and there was stuff that was going on in my life that I allowed to have so much power over me. And looking back now, I can see God's hand in everything. But at the time, I couldn't see God's hand in anything. The summer of 2018, I sought out attention from boys, friendships, and approval from older girls. And I treated my family in ways that I regret so sincerely. Then school started my first year of high school. I started going to home groups every week. And this was when I was actually present and attentive. I was still terrible to my family and allowed little things to have too much power over me, but I slowly started to realize that something that changed my mindset. I was having to choose to be so unhappy, like I just mentioned. There were great things happening all around me, but I was looking past them to any negative thing. I would grasp onto something so small and like maybe just really bad or like maybe just a little bad. I don't know. It probably wasn't that big of a deal, but I would grasp onto it and just hold it. And I was like, this is why this is my reason why to be sad or this is my reason why to not let my parents touch me and stuff like that. When I finally did choose to be happy, I was so much happier. I know that sounds stupid, but hear me out. My circumstance had not changed. The only thing that had changed was my mindset. I didn't choose to be happy until December of 2018. All of this unhappiness started no later than September of 2017. I spent more than a year dwelling on sadness that shouldn't have lasted longer than a week. I missed out on building a relationship with God, building friendships, enjoying middle school, and enjoying my summer, all because I couldn't find the joy that God had given me so easily. You see, December of 2018, I started interacting with my church. I made friends. I pursued God. I remembered what it felt like to relax in his embrace. I began to feel safe again. I allowed people to touch me. I didn't roll my eyes every time my mom asked me something. I stopped unhealthy eating habits. I stopped running away from God. I felt calm, loved, and safe and peaceful for the first time in over a year. I was so excited to be alive again because that's what it felt like. It felt like I was just barely floating through life, numb to everything. And all of a sudden I was just alive in Christ. And like, that is so beautiful and so life-changing period. <laughs> in eighth grade, I wanted to start a blog. And then in summer going into ninth, I wanted to, but I was like, <laughs> what, who am I? I am literally like 14 years old. And I just let my age and the lack of feeling equipped stop me from doing it. But I didn't know what I was going to write about either. I kept feeling like I needed to start one. And then January 3rd of 2019, I woke up at like 3 a.m. And my only thought was you need to start your blog. And it was clear to me that I wasn't going to fall back asleep if I didn't. So I did. I believe with my whole heart that that was God. And he set broken vessels on my heart so that I would continue to pursue him. Without this blog and without the podcast now, I wouldn't have learned any of the things I've written about or spoken about. Knowing that I have to post once a week and on different topics and the way I view things, it changed the way I saw broken friendships, a broken heart, unrelenting fear, the kids I babysit, 
the people I wave to in the hall, everything that has happened in the past years since I became alive in Christ, the good and the bad have all taught me something. Everything that has happened has taught me thousands of lessons, but the biggest one is God is better. And that's all throughout Hebrews. God is better, guys. He is always better. No matter how happy you are, you can be happier with God. No matter how big your sin is, God is better than it and bigger, and he will save you from it. No matter how much time you regret wasting, the time you spend with God and the rest of your life will be a million times bigger and better than your regret. In Psalms, it says, one day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. You can take my happy place, which is Pine Cove, and put me there the rest of my life. But the second I step into God's gates of heaven and I'm there with my father, I will instantly be happier and I will be transformed. So this is a story of how God worked in my life, but that work is not over and it doesn't define me at all. He transforms me. His grace saved me from drowning in self-pity and isolation and shame. His love saved me from my isolation and it saved me and made me new. I was dead in my sin, but now I'm alive in Christ. And this is what I want for everything. I want to be able to confidently proclaim that they are loved and they are a child of the King because everyone is and Jesus died for everyone to hear these truths. Not just people who grew up like me in a Christian home. Guys, if you're listening to this and you're coming from a broken home or from any place in life, it does not matter. God is still actively seeking and pursuing you and he wants you. He calls you by name and he is so loving and he loves you enough to give you that choice. I want this for all of you. It breaks my heart every day knowing that people joke about going to hell and people are like, oh yeah, Satan will move over when I'm there and I'll take his throne because it's mine. That breaks my heart guys hell is somewhere that there is gnashing of teeth and it's going to be painful and hard and hot and I know it's going to suck it's going to be awful and I don't want to see anybody just knowingly and acceptingly go there just because they don't believe in a god just because they don't believe in the god who changes and saves lives every day I want to see every single one of y'all who are listening to this in heaven. And I want to just proclaim the name of Jesus with you. And that is my prayer. And I know that my testimony is nothing compared to some others, or maybe it's a lot compared to others, but that testimony is mine and you have your own. And I want you to be in heaven with me. And I want to rejoice with you and I want to celebrate with you and just I want all of y'all there and I want to love and pray for each one of y'all. So that's what I'm going to do. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for these listeners. Whoever is listening, I hope that you just overfill them with your love. Just let them be overcome by your goodness and your joy and just save them from whatever they're struggling with. with. (laughs) God, surrender, help them surrender everything to you. Fix their hearts in a posture that is glorifying to you so that they can become reflections of you. God, you've called us and to be like you. You've called us to go and make disciples from nations. God, this is our purpose. It says in Matthew 28 that our purpose is to go and make disciples of all nations. And God, you allowed us, you paved the way, you saved us from our sin from an eternity in hell by sending your one and only son. And if that isn't the greatest love story and the greatest showing of love that I have ever heard of, I don't know what it is. God, you're incredible and you're bigger and you're better than whatever these listeners are struggling with. 
And I pray that you just allow them to know that. And it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Let's strive to live in wholehearted surrender this week. Mm -hmm.